Hiya, pal. <laughs> Don't ask us. Uh, episode 104. He's Craig. I'm Logan. Uh, happy November 20th. Happy Monday. Uh, just before Thanksgiving, going to get a quick episode out here for everyone. I know we've been slacking a little bit, uh, but we're here. We're here to talk about some Illinois basketball, Illinois football, um, and whatever else comes to mind. Uh, before we get into everything, as always, like, share, subscribe, get in the comments section. Let us know what's up. If you're watching us live, uh, get in the chat. Say hey, and uh, we'll we'll probably give you a shout out because that's what we do around here. Um, Craig Show, like and subscribe. Back. Like and subscribe. Correct. Did I not say that already? You might have. Um, I'm not paying attention I probably to you. did. You weren't paying attention. Uh, Craig, you were back from your trip. Your golf trip, you seem to be a little tired, a little exhausted. I want to yeah. hear all about it or as much as you want to tell the, the listening body. <laughs> what what can you tell us about your experience? Uh, did you hit them straight? What's What happens in Alabama stays in Alabama. Is that is that how it goes? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we went to me and uh, – so this is the second year that I've taken part in this. This is the fifth year this group of guys has done it. Um, it's our Ryder cup style event, um, where a group of us split into two teams and, and battle it out on the course. So last year we went to Champaign. There were initially 17 of us, uh, two backed out. So it was a 15, uh, person group last year. This year was only eight because we did go to Alabama, which is a lot farther away than Champaign from where everyone is. Um, Robert Trent Jones golf trail always wanted to go. It's like a bucket list. It's a like a great golf trip um, location, uh, destination. Uh, so we went to Robert Trent Jones, Capitol Hill, uh, three different courses there. Uh, one's like a Lynx style you'll see over at the, the Open Championship. The other two more American, traditional. Uh, one of them has water on 14 holes. Uh, the other one's more Midwestern with a lot of trees and uh, trees lined in the fairways and whatnot. The Lynx style course has 140 uh, sand traps. 140 bunkers across 18 holes um, only hit in it once. So, and we played that course twice. So I played 36 holes on that and only went in one sand trap. Um, so that was good. But yeah, we split into two teams of four. Um, we did, uh, we would switch groups after each nine. So the first 27 holes was two man scrambles. And then the last nine on Friday, was a four-person scramble, four-team scramble, and then Saturday was all best ball for the first twenty, for the first eighteen, and then um, me and one other guy on my team went head to head against two guys on their team individually for the last eighteen on Saturday, and then the other four uh, split up into and scrambled. So, yeah, it's a good team aspect. Me, I was a captain, um, so drafted a team, but I lost the belt this year. Uh, if you remember last year, I brought the belt on this show and displayed the belt on this okay. show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I won do. last year. I was defeated this year. So I'm no longer champion of the belt, but it's, uh, it's becoming a yearly thing it has been for these guys. But for me, it's, I look forward to it every fall. Um, we did learn that we need to schedule this before daylight savings because <laughs> we were racing the sun. Yeah. That's probably uh, a good point. Yeah, but like Logan Logan asked me before we started, 
I never thought there was too much golf, but 72 holes in 48 hours is too much golf. <laughs> My body is aching. I am tired, but it was a blast. It was awesome. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you had a successful weekend. You looked like you had a good time. Um, you uh, didn't miss much in the world of sports, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. So if you're going to pick any weekend to go do that, you probably pick the right one. So other we than, watched, of course, the the daylight issue. I watched everything Illini, um, but normally I watch a lot of other stuff, and I wasn't able to watch a lot of other stuff this weekend. Okay. Well, we're going to get into some of that. Um, yeah, let's just go ahead and get into this thing. So Illinois basketball, we'll start with basketball today. We'll get to football here shortly. Um, <clears throat> Illinois basketball played two games over the weekend. Um, they played against, they hosted Valparaiso on Friday night. They hosted Southern university on Sunday night. Um, both of those games were, were 30 point or close to 30 point wins, uh, for the Illini, but there's plenty of, uh, things you could take away from both of those games. Um, I know you were a little preoccupied or a little tired or exhausted, so I don't know how much attention you were giving uh, either of these games, um, but we can kind of talk about them individually. Let's start with Valparaiso, um, which was the Friday night game, the return of Roger Powell Jr. to Champaign, uh, former Illini great, member of the uh, national champion runner-up team in 2004-2005, um, leading the Valparaiso Beacons. Um, into Champaign, uh, falling to champ for falling to the Illini though on Friday night, 87 to 64, just to kind of go over some numbers, Terrence Shannon led scores in that game, 22 points for Illinois, seven rebounds for him. Dane danger, 16.7 boards. Luke Goody at 13 points. Luke was four for nine from three, uh, in the Valpo game. Uh, biggest takeaway for me from that. I mean, I, they played a whole nother game since then. So I don't want to like dwell on this too much, but Valparaiso led this game for like the whole, the first 36 minutes. I don't know, something, it was something nuts. It was like the 14 or 13 minute mark in the second half that Illinois finally took the lead back uh, and then eventually ran away with it. Um, I've said it once, I'll say it again. I'm glad I didn't have to say it on Sunday. Illinois has to stop spotting teams, bad teams, 15 points to start the games. Like that's just it. Like if you stop, spotting teams get points you're gonna win by 30 points like it's it just this is a, a regular thing these teams are slow to start and they just let inferior opponents just get 10 points out of the gate and i'm i'm over it i'm i'm done with it um that's where we heard this before yeah, we have. I, I've said it several every times on the show. Year of Brad Underwood's tenure. Well, I don't remember. I don't know. Every, I don't know about every year. Were the IO teams like this? I feel like the IO teams. Were I don't like remember. This. I don't. I don't know. I've slept since then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I will say my dis, dis, full disclosure disclaimer. Oh, we got a thumbs up. I don't know where that came from. Um, full disclosure. Like I just led the show with. I was on a boys' golf trip this weekend, so I didn't pay attention to games like I normally do, but we did have the game on uh, with no audio, um, playing some cards and shooting dice and all that stuff. So wasn't paying full attention. Uh, my takeaway is Terrence Shannon is uh, All-American. 
Like yeah. that, it was like the only good thing I feel yeah. like, uh, especially Friday. Um, how much of it can be uh, attributed to the blue uniforms at home? I don't think that's ever happened. Um, I don't know what that was about. For the record, blue uniforms are my favorite uniforms. I know their record in them is terrible, but I like them the best. Um, yeah, it, it's a little concerning. I, I'm they they did win. They almost covered, which is unbelievable. But I'm with you. I how do you not come out ready to play? Like I know you're playing Valpo. I know you're playing Southern, but you're playing college basketball. Like get hyped. You're at home. Play the game. You know, um, it's it's concerning. It's concerning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we can we can chalk it up to a lot of things. Um, it is November. Um, this team is still trying to get their footing. Uh, this team, I did not mention it. Coleman Hawkins has not played in either of these two games. Um, he he's a little banged up, and they just didn't sound like they wanted to risk it. Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about Coleman Hawkins long term, but I just felt like that was a good chance for them to not um, worry about him, and they didn't need him. Uh, in fact, I think you can make an argument that they might have looked better without him out there. Uh, but that's not a conversation that we need to get into today. Uh, I'm sure other people are having that conversation without us. Uh, I've seen Brant is in the chat. He's he's kind of lighting us up with some Illinois basketball related things. And I do want to kind of touch on some of these things. So, so um, first, since you just mentioned yes, it. the Coleman thing. Yes, big deal, little deal, no deal. Hawkins missing the last two games. I say it's little deal. Um, I'm not I'm not concerned with that right um, now. Yes. Right now, in this moment, little deal. Correct. He misses a couple more games, then it becomes yeah, a sure. big deal. Um, it does become a big deal, although I will say the next game is a week from now or less than a week from now against Western Illinois. Another game I'm not terribly concerned about, but if he does miss more games after that, then you start running into Florida Atlantic, you start running into Tennessee. So those are games, and Rutgers, uh, those are games you're, you're obviously going to want him around. Uh, we haven't seen good Coleman yet this year, but we do know what good Coleman can be. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. Right now, little deal. Um, if it lasts, whatever this is, lasts much longer than another week or so, uh, it's a little, it's a bigger deal. I'm not going to call it a big deal yet, but it yeah. is a bigger deal. Um, real quick, let's just, well, I don't know. Do we? I don't know if we want to get into other things, too. I was going to say the, the Nico Moretti injury, I'm not sure what's going on there, too. Um, we can we can talk about him and as we get into the second game. Um, but yeah, the Valparaiso game, that was the most concerning thing. They just come out flat again. They let a bad Valparaiso team carry the lead all the way through halftime, well into the second half, end up pulling away with it, ended up winning by 23 points or whatever it was. As I said, Terry yeah. Shannon really was the, the – he's the All-American. This is his team, and he knows it. Um, I think that's the bigger deal. Illinois won the second half, like 49-19 yep. um, was the second half total. So if they just want to be a second half team, like that's fine. But like you can't do this against good teams. Like you're just – if you let that happen against uh, Florida Atlantic or a Tennessee or God forbid like a Rutgers, like you're going to lose. Like it's just it – just, it's inevitable. So whatever that is, you have to figure it out. Granted, I know it's November. I know they're still figuring out figuring out rotations and figuring out things. And I know the Coleman situation, but like you just can't let that happen. You just can't. Um, so that was Friday, Saturday, or sorry, Sunday. Um, Southern University uh, came into Champaign. 
Um, it was a little bit better of a game from the very beginning, for at least from Illinois' standpoint. Uh, yeah. They didn't trail this game hardly at all, if any. Yeah. Um, again, Terrence Shannon was quiet. I, I was thinking to myself throughout the first 10 or so minutes, like, is Terrence going to show up? Because um, he hadn't done much, but they were still winning handily. Dane Danger was phenomenal the first 10, 15 minutes of this game, was kind of non-existent after that. Uh, but then Terrence Shannon, um, did what he does 24 points in, in 30 minutes from him, three boards, uh, four assists. Dude, I did have a couple turnovers. Um, but yeah, he kind of, he ran away with it. He just, when he wants to turn it on, he turns it on. Um, mm-hmm. if he wants to drive like he does to the hoop every single time, he's not going to get stopped. Now you are going to run into situations like he, we did see late in the game yesterday, last night, where he's going to take some hard falls. Uh, and that is scary, especially when he is far and away your best player. And we have yet to really see who's going to step up to be the second best player on this team. Uh, if there is one, um, so you can't let him, you know, uh, risk it. I know there was a lot of commotion about why he was even in the game at that point. There were already up 20 some points with six minutes left. Uh, I agree at that point. Take him out of the game. Let him shoot his free throws if he's if he's fine. But then pull him. Uh, he doesn't need to be out there. But uh, whatever. They they left him in there for longer than he probably should have been. But Shannon twenty four points. Dane Danger twelve points early. I think he did. He score all of those points in like the first half. I don't remember. He uh, had ten. I think much. he had the ten of the first, first twelve. He had he the had. first. Yeah, exactly. He had the first eight points. I know for sure of the game. Uh, but yeah, twelve for him. Twelve and four rebounds. Uh, Quincy Garrier was the only other Illinois scorer in double figures. He finished with 10. Quincy Garrier still struggling from the three-point line, uh, just like the rest of this team is, other than Luke Goody. Uh, he's like one for 16 or one for 19 or something from three. Uh, but he still finished with 10 points, six rebounds. Um, nobody else in double figures, but Luke Goody, Justin Harmon, each had nine. And Imani Hansberry. Look, yeah. looked really good off the bench, getting some additional minutes because of Coleman's absence. Um, he looked good as well. Um, Nico Moretti, I think, was the story for me. Granted, it ended poorly uh, with his with his foot, ankle injury, whatever it was. Uh, left the game in the second half, came back uh, in a boot on the sidelines, back in his street clothes. Uh, don't know the severity of that. Uh, my nope. take on Nico Moretti looks like a real point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he would look as good in a big 10 game as he does against a team like Southern. Um, but in a team, a game against this type of opponent, he looked really good. He looked really good. So it was really nice to see him get the minutes that he did. It's unfortunate that he um, did injure himself. Again, we don't know the severity. We don't know how long he's going to, how long he's going to be out, but it was nice to know he was going to get those minutes, um, especially with the sincere thing. Um, there's backcourt minutes there somewhere. It may not be a lot, but there are some. So um, he looked good. I think he was really the standout for me in last night's game. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, It was nice to see a point guard out there uh, because, you know, we have – everyone has been calling for this roster construction, not having a point guard for the longest time. And now it was Southern, but – the passes he was he was making no look passes on like on a dime like exactly where they needed to be he was getting into the defense he was doing what a point guard does that no one else on this roster can do uh 
so yeah, it was it was fun to see him. I was on the fence about him. I'm still not fully in because it was Southern. Um, same thing, same way we talked about the Eastern game early on and the Oakland game early on. You can't take a whole lot of stock into these games because they're just a minuscule amount of the season and they're um, not the opponents you'll be seeing in March. But um, the potential is there. And I think it was Jeremy Werner tweeted it during the game that he was in a walking boot. And he said that's much better than seeing him in crutches. Right, exactly. On crutches. So no, I agree. Um, I was trying to pull up the schedule real quick because what is it after? It's Western Illinois on Friday. Okay, and then the second. So uh, I say Rutgers. You, you probably sit him out for the Western game and hope to have him back in 12 days or whatever. Uh, almost yeah. Give him almost two weeks uh, to get ready for Rutgers and, yeah. and see where you go from there. I, I agree with you. I, I'm not totally in on Nico Moretti at this point. Uh, but again, he is he is a freshman. Um there's still obviously some work to go there, um, especially on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. He's got to get some strength, um, but he's at the right place for that. We we know what Adam Fletcher does um, to to members of this team. So uh, long term, I, I love the I love Nico Moretti with this program. Uh, Short term, he's a body, um, and you know, and I kind of I've made the comment about Dane Danger in the past about he's. He's, you know, your midweek starter in baseball terms, mm-hmm. you know, mid-major and, All-American. Yeah, and exactly. And and you're right in the sense that Nico Moretti probably isn't a player that helps you too much in Big Ten games, but you still have to win these games, too. Mm-hmm. So if like if those players can help you win these games, like <clears throat> Missouri. <clears throat> yeah, like there's still you still need to win the games. So if if he's able to to do that and get his minutes and like you he helps you get get a win, like that's that's what's important. You know, yeah. you're gonna be able to count on Terrence Shannon, hopefully Coleman Hawkins, um, you know, some of these other more experienced players when you get to the Big Ten season. Um yeah. so it's nice that other players do? can contribute um in these in these games against, you know, non conference opponents. What did he do against Valpo? Nico it's six and two in thirteen minutes because I think yeah. uh, we were watching it and two of the guys that are in the group chat <laughs> uh, were also on this trip and one of them and I don't I'm not saying this set in stone um, but I think you know the whole foreign aspect and a uh, uh, shorter stature kind of player throughout you know a a or a uh, Lower level Ricky Rubio, yeah, type of player. Um, now, will he be Ricky Rubio? I highly doubt that. Right. Um, but that style—that's the style right. of game that that Moretti plays. There was also a comp thrown out that kind of makes sense. I think it was both by the same guy. Uh, I think it was shout out Dukes, um, Quincy Garrier. Uh, they the group chat sees a little bit of Monte in him. I can see that a taller. Uh, He's taller, a little, bit, a little bit bigger. Yeah, Monte. Um, yeah, although I can see that the last two years of Demonte's career, he was a sniper from three, um, but early on he couldn't hit anything, yeah. and that's kind of what they're comparing him to right now. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I, I, I do very hate accurate. That. I don't hate that. Uh, we, I, I kind of, I had this thought last night at the game. We we should have started this from the very beginning, but maybe we can start it now. Some sort of like uh future track or like 
odds predictor of like who the point guard is by the end of the season. Because <laughs> it just seems to, you know, like obviously it was it was Ty's job to lose, and then you know he lost it. it. Is it is it Dre? <laughs> is it is it uh, Damask? Is it uh, is it Nico? I don't know. It's just. It's going to be this. It's going to be a topic of conversation on this show yep. and every other Illini centric podcast or conversation all season long. Three yep. point shooting and point guard play. Speaking um, of, do you want to yes. get to some of Brant's questions? Yes, He's been in I, here. yes. His his Brant's first comment was about uh, the shooting. Uh, Brant says, "Is Illinois basketball in trouble? Shooting 58.1 percent at the line, twenty nine point eight percent from three. Uh, both are two hundred plus in the nation." Uh, Yes. <laughs> Ultimately, the answer to that question is yes. Uh, the free throw shooting is abysmal. Um, we'll get the three point shooting is his own animal. Um, you can't be that bad as a free throw shooting team. I know Dane Danger is a large part of that, but they even made the comment on the broadcast last night that even if you take Dane's numbers out, it's still abysmally bad as a free throw shooting team. Um, so like collectively, and Dane's got to get better too. I can't just like leave Dane out of the equation. Dane's going to shoot a lot of free throws. So he has to get better. But as a team, yes, collectively, they have to improve. Three-point shooting, yes, also drastically needs to improve if they're going to continue to take as many shots a game as they do. Uh, if they're only going to take 10 shots a game and you only make three, okay, fine. But if you're going to take what they took, 22 on Sunday, and how many did they take I on got, Friday? I got Fridays right here. They took 19 okay. on Friday. So no. a total of 40-some free throws. Oh, free throws. Or, sorry, no, three-pointers. Three point, three Five for 19 on Friday. That was Valpo. Illinois went nine for 28. I, I'm looking at Valpo's. Okay, never mind. I was looking at the wrong team. Nine for nine 28. Nine for 28. Yeah, nine for 28 on Friday and five for 22 on Sunday. So, yeah. You, you shot 50 threes and you made how many of them? It's bad, man. It's really bad. But, but Logan, Dre Gibbs Allhorn hit 37 in a row in practice the other day. That means they're a good shooting team. That don't yeah. mean shit. Don't get me on that soapbox. I've listened to, I've listened to Greg and I Carter mean, talk about that nonsense. Listen to who? Sleepers. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you went into the offseason knowing that last year's roster's deficiencies were point guard play and shooting, and you didn't address either, and you expect people to believe that this team is one of the best shooting teams you've had. It just, no one believed you. No one believed that. They had it, no one shooting-wise. And I don't think that's something that you can... At this point, you can't fix that. Like, will the percentages, will the free throw percentages go up? I sure would hope so. But if you're not good, if you're not a good three point shooter, you're not a good three point shooter. It's not like, yeah, unless you're getting up, it's not something you can improve in season, is what I'm trying to say. You can improve off season. You can get in there every day of the off season, shoot a thousand threes, whatever. You're not going to do that in season. So those deficiencies are going to remain this year because you can't you can't fix those. Will they have games where they might hit 12 or 13 threes? Sure. Didn't Terrence hit nine threes in a game last year? Was it the yep. Texas game or UCLA game? One of the two. 
He hit nine threes. Is a game like that coming? Probably. But he's might be the only one. It's I'm with you though. Free throws are way more concerning. Yeah. Uh, it has to be like you, those are gimmies. <laughs> those are g- absolute gimmies, and you're shooting that poorly. So as a team right now, from the from three, uh, Luke Goody is shooting forty six percent. He's fourteen for thirty from, from the three, three point line. Yeah, from three. Him and Damask uh, and and Terrence, Terrence are Shannon like the three is thirty six percent. Twelve okay. for thirty three. That's okay. Um. After that, it's it's pretty bad. Damask, 27%, 6 for 22. Um, the only other person that's hit more than two three-pointers on the season is – no, actually, no, they don't have another one. There's only three people that have hit more than two three-pointers, two or more three-pointers on the season. Um, Terrence, Marcus. Three and- players that have hit more than three. Yes, it's Terrence, it's Luke, and it's Marcus Damask. Yeah. Justin Harmon's hit two. Dragon's Lawhorn has hit two. And that's it. And this team has Coleman, already shot a Coleman collective. A one. Coleman Hawkins is one for seven from three. Yeah. Amani Hansberry is one for two. Quincy Garrier is one for 16. One for 16. This team has shot collectively 133 pointers on the season, and they have made 39 of them. And of that 39, 26 of those have come from Luke Goody and Terrence Shannon. Brant made another good point off of that. Uh, 30th in the country in two-point field goal percentage. They don't shoot two-pointers. <laughs> like, it's bad. I, I don't get it, man. I, I'm not a, I'm not an X's and O's guy. Like, yeah. full transparency. And I'm sure you guys have all figured that out. Like, that's just not my bag. But, like, it's, it's bad. This is just bad. Yeah. Uh, free throws are obviously fo- are more concerning because they are yeah. they are such gimmies and you're going to shoot a lot of them. When Terrence Shannon's game, Terrence Shannon's game is to just drive to the hoop. He's gonna sh- he's gonna shoot a ton of free throws. Dane Danger is gonna shoot a ton of free throws. Ty Rogers is gonna shoot a ton of free That's throws. That's not a good thing. I know. Dane Danger shooting free throws is not no. a good thing. I know, but like. And neither is Ty Rogers. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, the free throw thing, too. I mean, if we want to go into that, free throws. Terrence is 24 for 34. He's 70% on the season. Uh, Damask is 7 for 10 at 7, 70%. Coleman's 3 for 4, 75%. After that, it's Monty's 2 for 3. Gary A's 2 for 3. Nico's 4 for 6. I mean, um, you got to think, Dane's too. a 2 for 13. Yeah, it's it's. There's going to be a game where it's going to come down to free, making free throws at the end. Yeah, and every team has that guy. Get the ball in this guy's hands. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. Illinois doesn't have that guy. They need to get a guy up in the nine. What was up in the ninety percentile? What was Terrence last year? Because I feel like he was upper eight. Talking 80s, about free right? throws. Yeah, he was seventy nine percent last year. Okay. Glad you have that quicker than I did. And I feel like the guy could be one of the new guys. Marcus Damask. He went his four years at SIU. He was 82.5, 82.9, 82.4. His last year at SIU, last year, he was 87.6% from free throws, free throw line. 120 for 137. He missed 17 free throws last year. But he's only he's taking 10 three. this year, you said? 
He's yeah. only taken 10. He's seven for 10. Yeah. yeah, this team doesn't, that's not their game. <laughs> they're shooting threes and they're not getting fouled on them. So that's, I don't know. It's, it's, it is frustrating. It is concerning. It is alarming. These are all things we knew going into the season. And you're right. It was, they were not, they were not ultimately addressed. Um, yeah, let's see. I think that's probably going to be it for those two games. Uh, up next is Western Illinois Friday night, um, Friday afternoon, Friday night, whatever time it is. Um, Friday night, eight o'clock central time, nine o'clock Eastern time in Champaign. Um, and then the week after that, it's the first big 10 game on the road at Rutgers. So I don't know. The shooting is obviously going to be concerning. It's going to be alarming. It's going to be an issue all season long. Uh, yes. Brant's next point. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on this. Yes. Illinois, uh, dropped out of the top 25. That is a fact. Um, despite only having one loss and that was being a loss, a close game to the number four team in the country. They still dropped out of the polls. It's easy for us as Illinois fans to look at this and be like, what the hell? Um, and I agree. I'm also like, what the hell? Uh, but you have to like realize that. I don't know. There's however many voters voting for this. And a lot of them didn't think Illinois belonged in the top 25 to start. So Whatever. I'm not concerned about it. A top 25 ranking on November 20th. Um, is it fair or foul? I would say it's foul, but ultimately I don't care. Um, as much as I want to sit here and rant and rave about it, I, I just don't. I do not. It's not relevant. I don't think it matters at all. Um, do I think they should have dropped out of the top 25 after what's happened to the season? No, absolutely not. Especially when you look at the other things that have happened around them like Florida Atlantic losing a game to whoever and moving up or staying in the top 25 and Arkansas losing to whoever and staying like, yes, USC, like there are teams that have lost games that Illinois has not lost and are still in the top 25. So yes, from that standpoint, it is, it is dumb, but it's, I don't care. Ultimately. Do you care? I'm proud of you. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know, because you like to go on soapboxes sometimes. Well, I mean, I could. Like, did you see my tweet? Yeah. (laughs) That's why I thought you were going to come on here and... No, like, it's it's November 20th, man. Like, I, there were so many people that didn't even think they should be in the top 25 to begin with. So, what have they done so far to prove that they should be? I've got two things. Okay. Great. Balloons. What was that? And why does it happen to your scream and not mine? I want balloons. Do I have to earn them? Do I, what do the people, heck was do I, that? Somebody, uh, somebody showed you some love. Apparently. Huh. Okay. I got two things. One, who cares? Who cares? Two, have you watched an Illinois game yet? They're not a top 25 team. Point, point blank. Like, yes, they were ranked. But... Just because you're ranked and you don't lose doesn't mean you have to stay ranked. You know, they, they've looked bad. We just talked about they can't make free throws. They can't make a three. They're letting, for the most part, they're letting these mid-major teams compete for at least a half. Uh, the Valpo game, they did pull away, but Valpo was right in it for 30 of the 40 minutes. Like, they've done nothing to deserve a ranking. So, you're right. And but Good point here. Good point here from 
I never know how to say this guy's name. He's in here a lot. Like, it's, oh. I always think being underrated is better and not by just a little. Like, yeah, I would rather this team be unranked than be a top 10 team. You know, I, they need to start coming out with some fire and something to prove because right now they're not. So maybe falling out of the rankings, maybe they get a lights their ass on fire and they start coming out I, and, and playing better. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mostly agree with what you said. I, I I do think they are a top 25 team, and I do think that they, while they haven't done anything to earn it, they also haven't done anything to lose it, while yeah. other teams have. That's that's the biggest thing, and that's the qualms that other people have. It's the fact that whoever else is in the top 25 around, you know, in the lower part that um, lost already to games, to opponents that Illinois has beaten, um, Whatever. Again, it's November 20th, so Illinois will have plenty of opportunities to put themselves back in that conversation. Uh, I am still a believer that they are a top 25 team, but again, they have really, I mean, as part of it's just scheduling, but like they haven't really shown it. Granted, they have beaten all these teams by like 25 plus points. Um, yeah. Still, that at for they have let those teams hang around for far too long. Um, and it wasn't until like the last 10 or so minutes that they really start to put the, put the clamps down. Uh, but yes, Illinois drops out of the top 25 hosts Western Illinois on Friday. And then the week after travels to Rutgers, anything else basketball related or any other comments we want to get into? I know Brant's had a few things to say. He's um, asked a question or basically, do you want to get rid of Brad? Um, you know, whatever. I don't know if there's anything else on here you wanna you wanna touch on before we move on to football. Uh, da, 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 da. uh to answer Brad Brant's question, no, uh, I do not want Illinois to move on from Brad Underwood. Um, if he keeps getting Illinois to the tournament, eventually they're gonna crack through. I mean, Brad so, is no. to blame for the issues. Like, let's just let's not sugarcoat that. Like, this is the team he built. Well, um, he's. This, in particular, he's asking about the slow starts. I don't think that's Brad. Like, I feel like coaches are always like, I got to figure out a way to get this team going. I don't feel like that's the coach's job. The coach's job is to have a game plan together. The players have to get, like, the players know what motivates them. They have to get themselves into the game mode. Can the coach help with that? Sure. But the coach is more so there to put the game plan in place, the X's and O's. You know, this is what's going to beat this opponent. The players have to know what pumps them up, and they have to come out of the locker room ready to play. But we did this whole thing last year, too, where Brad didn't know how to um, get – get he didn't know how to handle players. He didn't know how to get into get players into the right mindset. Like, this isn't a new thing. And I'm not anti-Brad Underwood at all. Like, I, I yeah. agree with you in the sense, like, he is, continues to take this team to the tournament and puts them in a position to, you know, win a Big Ten title or get close to winning a Big Ten title. Um, yes, there are obviously issues, but I do think there is something to the fact that he can, these continue, these issues continue to come up. And the issues that Brad has have not been addressed <laughs> i mean he's his the the negatives are still present like 
they they aren't different. So yeah, I'm with you, but like at the same time, like I I get why the conversation is there. Um, these things haven't changed. This is the exact same conversation we were having a year ago about these about these games about these players. Granted, it's a fairly new roster, uh, but still starting games and letting teams like Valparaiso have a lead well into the second half. Like that's the like yes, that is that is on the players, and I do agree with you 100. There has some of that has to fall on the head coach. I think some the issue. The issue of this year, and maybe not last offseason, but the issue of this offseason is they waited for their guy and then they, they didn't get their guy. What the heck? Is it this? It might be like this. Because I it I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But in the offseason, they waited for, quote-unquote, their guy. Everyone said they have their guy they're going after. That guy hit the portal. They didn't get that guy. It put this whole roster out of whack. They, he's got to stop doing that. He's got to stop. Yeah, hey, that was I a have, mistake. I have a guy. Yes. I'm waiting on that guy. If there's someone in the portal that you think is going to help you, go get him and screw that other guy. If that guy wants to wait until March, or not March, till May or June to enter the portal and make his decision, you don't have time to wait. you got to go get someone. And I hope you no, learned that this offseason. That was absolutely Brad's mistake. And I'm sure he is well aware of that at this point. So, yeah, I mean, the man is not perfect. We know that. Everybody knows that. Um, but, yeah, he he is he is certainly um, to blame for some of these things. But I don't think neither of us are on the train of um, getting rid of him is the best yeah. answer for Illinois basketball. So uh, The other one was shout-out Jason, <clears throat> buddy from my hometown. Hope if What's you're not up, watching, Jason? If you're not watching anymore, that's fine. But thanks for watching. Okay, we can move on. Um, right. I don't know of anything else crazy. I mean, it's feast week, so it is be feast week. Uh, Maui started um, today. Maui started today. Tennessee won the first game. Purdue and Gonzaga were playing. They're still playing right now. Purdue's up three points on Gonzaga. Uh, a couple more games tonight. Always looking forward to this week. Plenty of big uh, tournaments and uh, games going on. You know, I Indiana looked into Louisville right now. Okay. Minute minute 15 left. Indiana's up four. Do you realize that it's been four years since Illinois has participated in a Thanksgiving week? Uh, it was event? Maui, right? Yeah, it was Maui. The that year was the they last were time. Terrible. Yeah. Like the worst Illinois team in, in decades was yeah. at the best Thanksgiving week tournament. It was yeah. awful. Now, granted, last year they were in that thing out in vegas which was yeah. week, the week before yeah um but as far as thanksgiving week feast week events go it's been four years since illinois has actually participated in i was just thinking about that today when i was watching that first maui game uh one because next time illinois is in it i would love to go to maui um we'll take the show yeah <laughs> on location um <laughs> uh, yeah i was just thinking about i was more so thinking about maui like when's the next time illinois is going to be at maui but i hadn't I feel like they don't do anything other than Maui. Like they've never been to Battle for Atlantis. Yeah. They don't do like the Myrtle Beach Invitational, the Charleston, whatever it is. They've never done yeah, any. I, I feel like it's either a small MTE or it's Maui. Like it's feast or famine with Illinois. And I don't know whose call that is. I mean, Illinois is now. This will be two years in a row. They've been in the Jimmy B Classic in New York. And yeah. Um. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I was looking into that and. Whatever. Um, it's, uh, it's awesome that they're still able to have it in Maui. Yeah. 
in Hawaii. It's Correct. not in Maui. Not in Maui, right? But but they're in I'm Honolulu. glad they're still in in Hawaii doing it. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, raising a lot of money for for the islands and trying to I will put say, it back together. It, it didn't look or feel the same. No, it's not. I, I watched the second half of the Syracuse yeah. game. Syracuse, Tennessee I mean, they're game, playing in like, they're is... playing in an actual arena like yeah. where Hawaii plays, they're and it's not a, playing in a junior high gym. Yeah, which you know Maui is not exactly known for the uh, the hospitality, uh, not necessarily the hospitality, but the experience there. It's you no, know, not like you're going to watch a normal game elsewhere. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's going on this week. Plenty of good basketball um, throughout the week and into the Thanksgiving Day weekend. We will maybe do a show Friday. Uh, I don't really know what my situation is going to be, so we'll figure yeah. that out later. All right, let's move on to football. Um, Illinois football goes to Iowa City on Saturday. Um, gives themselves they have a they had a chance to to do it. Um, they were leading late in the game, um, ultimately falling to Iowa, um, fifteen to thirteen. Illinois was up two. Let's see. Two or three. Caleb hit the field goal to put them up 13 to nine um, at the 14 minute mark in the fourth quarter. And they held that lead for another 10 minutes. Uh, it wasn't until the Caleb Johnson 30 yard score um, with the at the 443 mark in the fourth quarter that put Iowa back on top. Uh, by a couple points, and then Illinois wasn't able to put anything together um, to take the game back, um, which is unfortunate. This is uh, we talked about it all, you know, that this team continued to be a roller coaster, and they had set themselves up for um, you know a potential interesting final weekend, um, but ultimately they fall short. Um, I said we. Two touchdowns would have won this game, and it was pretty damn close. <laughs> Where did you watch, like the whole thing? Not the whole the thing. Broadcast? No, I was. I had it on uh, second half at least, um, but no, I was not watching the entire game. There was a couple calls that I wasn't listening to, so I I wasn't listening to the game, so I wasn't sure what the broadcast was saying. One, is it not a rule anymore that there is no defensive pass interference if the ball's uncatchable? I don't know. Because I feel like more so than ever, I feel like they're calling defensive pass interference on balls that there's no way the receivers can catch. Yeah. And I didn't think that you could call that if you couldn't catch it. Two, there was a flag for defensive pass interference on Iowa in the first half they picked up. And I never saw on Twitter yeah. an explanation. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Um, I'm not sorry. trying to make excuses. I didn't listen to the game. I wasn't paying full attention until about the last 10 minutes of the game because uh, we were still on the course um, on Saturday. But I feel like what I did see, Iowa got some help. Could have been. That's just. Are you? What I is saw. this conspiracy corner? Are you saying that this was? I just feel like Illinois has more calls go the against Big them Ten. Than anyone in the Big would Ten. rather have Iowa playing in the Big Ten championship game well, as I opposed to anybody else. Much, I thought they pretty much had already clinched. They were two games know. ahead. Whatever. So it's not. This is not a conspiracy. 
No, I mean, if you... I know Iowa's defense is good, but if you can't score two touchdowns, then... Yeah, no, Iowa's... Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, Ill, or Iowa has, has clinched a spot. Now they um, have. Yeah, they... Let's see. They were... Had they lost, they would have been five and... Five and three. Um, and there would have been a three-way tie right behind them. So I don't know what the tiebreakers were uh, at that point. But either way, it's a moot point now. Um, they scored the 15 points that they needed <clears throat> and held Illinois to this was one too. only 13. So I did uh, see this. Isaiah yeah, had Williams a first down by a yard, and they ahead. called him short with no review. And then the DPI call was, was crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that they had a terrible spot on a Williams uh, pass and catch. Uh, of course, our buddy is in the chat. <laughs> South Bend Hawkeye. <laughs> South Bend Hawkeye, what's up? I can't comment because I don't <clears throat> know the roughing the passer call uh, that you're talking about. I did not see that, so I cannot comment on this. Yeah, I don't know if you did or not. Uh, I don't remember what it was at this point. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, either way, um, it's over. <clears throat> this season yeah. is... Mostly over. Uh, Illinois can still get a bowl game if they beat Northwestern. Six and um, five Northwestern. Yeah. A much improved Northwestern. Northwestern team. So um, interesting game on Saturday. Uh, we'll see what happens. Illinois I needs believe to win Northwestern's to season win total over under was one and a half. They've overperformed. I'm pretty sure it was one and a half. On the plus side of the Illinois loss, I had Iowa over eight and a half regular season wins. So that ticket cashes. So I'll take that. Congratulations. Yeah. But I also had Illinois over six and a half. So that one's dead. I also had Maryland over four and a half conference wins. And that one's dead. Is, are we just going to have a whole show recapping all of your all of the Oh, events? we don't have the time for that. Mm, that's a shame. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's much else we need to talk about in that game. Um, the only touchdown Illinois scored was a Reggie Love uh, score on the ground. Um, yeah, Northwestern on Saturday. That's about it. South and Hawkeye had another. I thought, <clears throat> uh, did Tip Ryman not score a touchdown? I thought Tip Ryman scored a touchdown. I don't remember. I don't think so. No, because it was just uh... – no. Uh, I thought I saw that. I don't know what happened, but, no, it was just the one touchdown and then uh, a couple Caleb Griffin field goals. So, <clears throat> whatever. Um, moving on, that's that's done. Northwestern on Saturday. And then uh, maybe a bowl game, maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, at this point, it's 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 unfortunate. I think that everybody is feeling probably the same way. Uh, too many lost opportunities and yet another season where they should have performed better than they did. Um, and then the conference gets a hell of a lot more difficult next year. So what else you say? What else you want? Um, this was these, this couple years were your chance to make some noise and 
you underperform yet again. Some highlights, some some bright spots in the season. It's not over. This is not an in memoriam for the season, but it is what it is. Did you see the Jordan Travis injury? No. Oh, uh, no, I didn't see it. No. Go look at the video. Do you want me? Do I actually need to watch it, or is it gonna like? Is it gonna make me sick? Because no, No. I've seen worse. You're gonna make me do this. You're gonna make me do it right now, real time. Yes, (laughs) yes. I hate you so much. (laughs) Jordan Travis, Florida State quarterback, um, Heisman candidate. I think. I think he was still in it. In it. All right, I'll watch it. Watching this. uh, I'll watch it if it loads. Quarterback draw. Uh, I don't know if it was a quarterback draw, but quarterback sneak or he scrambles out of the pocket right up the middle. I can't get videos to load right now. So this is going to make for great content if um, the video won't actually load on my screen. So we're going to give it a quick refresh just so you can get this You're, great you need to get content. Better internet. My internet is fine. <laughs> he did. Well, he did say now that he's I've hurt, never had a, a video just not load. He uh his career at FSU is over, which I think most people thought it was anyways, uh, but he's not going to use his last year. Uh, he's a Louisville transfer too. He started here and Satterfield ran him off. So that's good coaching by Satterfield. Per usual. If you can't get it in the next couple seconds, just watch it later. This is dumb. <sighs> See, this is. I'm. I'm. I'm moving on. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Watch it later. Just, it's literally spinning. It's. It's a video on Twitter, and it's just sitting it there later. spinning. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Moving on. Um, but as, as you said earlier, cream rising to the co- top, man. Like this college football season. It's like, it's been okay. But I feel like every all the good teams are like there's not been everybody yeah there, there's know. been no movement in the top ten it's been very chalky all season long this upcoming weekend supposed to be a big rivalry weekend and there's really one game of relevance um, as far as like top ten you know as far as playoff implications go I mean obviously other teams can lose you know certainly Georgia Florida whoever can lose uh, but. You know, Ohio State Michigan is the only game of, you know, top teams going against each other this weekend. I mean, the positive of this is, you know, there's absolute chaos for the college football playoff right now. And it could be even more chaotic if none of these teams lose. Or if a couple of these teams do lose, might be even better. Like if Georgia loses or if Oregon beats Washington, no, because then Oregon would go anyways. But like if Georgia loses, or if uh, if a couple things happen, like who gets those last four spots, you know? So it, it could be, be interesting if, if things. It, it will it will be definitely to, interesting how yeah. this ends. Yeah. Because um, there's really no clear cut answer for anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Around the country this past week, every team that was favored to win won. Uh, it was like two top 25 teams even lost. It was like North Carolina at number 20 and. Kansas stayed at 25, whatever we said earlier. Um, it was, there wasn't much. So yeah. Um, this week, as I mentioned, the only real game of note is as far as, you know, top 10 teams go is the big D 
the game, uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that. I know Alabama and Auburn play. Um, plenty of games on Friday with Black Friday. Um, we're not going to bother with picks this week because we haven't done it for several weeks now. Speaking of Auburn, we were sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings Thursday, and we were trying to figure out where we were in relation to like Tuscaloosa and to Auburn because there was a bunch of both of them, uh, their apparel around us because we were in uh, Montgomery. And we saw that Auburn was only like an hour away, and they played at six or seven. No, they played at three the afternoon window on Saturday. And so we're like, oh, maybe we just skip out on our last 18 and we go to an Auburn football game. But then we saw that they played New Mexico State. And we're like, eh, probably <laughs> not the one we want to go to. But tickets were only $9, so we considered it. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to go watch New Mexico State in, in Auburn. And then Jerry Kill went in the damn place and beat Auburn. Jerry freaking kill. <laughs> probably just could have texted Mario Mocha. He probably could have got you, got you in. <laughs> probably. I don't think Mario likes me, though. Eh, probably not. Uh, not. Many people do. Mario wrote me a letter of recommendation. Fun fact. Um, Oregon, Oregon State's Friday night. Whoa. That's a game of note. Michigan, Ohio State, as I mentioned, is the noon game on Saturday. Uh, your Louisville Cardinals host Kentucky. Uh, Colorado goes to Utah. Alabama, Auburn. Yeah. Washington State, Washington for the belt. Um, and then, yeah, the ESPN A team will probably be at Georgia, Georgia Tech. So, yeah, big weekend of football. Um, what else? What else should we talk about? Southman Hawkeye's asking me if Louisville sells out the stadium. Do they? They did announce that Saturday is a sellout. Will a butt be in every seat? Probably not. <laughs> but they did announce that this game is a sellout. There was one other sellout earlier in the year. I don't remember which game. But there was one other sellout, and the pictures and videos from the game showed a lot of empty seats. So okay, um, we'll see. Kentucky's kind of not as good as people thought. Louisville's already clinched the ACC title game. So we'll see what it's like. I might try we... and go, um, but I haven't decided yet. Since we have a little bit of time here and we don't have a ton of other things to talk about, do we uh, – and I haven't been doing the 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 thing I did last year with who's in, who's out type thing just because, like, nothing's happened. So I just yeah. haven't cared. Do we want to predict who makes the playoff at this point? Uh, one week left in the season and then and then champ, the championship night, championship weekend. Right now, um, the top five is still Georgia – Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, uh, and Florida State, depending on which ranking you look at. So I think it's going to be, right now, I think Georgia. Can I take the caveat of winner of Ohio State, Michigan? Sure. That's fine. So Georgia, um, winner of Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, and who's six right now? Well, depending on which poll you look at, but I'm looking at Oregon is six. I want to say, um, I want to say Texas. So, so I, I, think, I think Georgia's going to win the SEC. I think 
whoever Michigan or Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten. I think Oregon's going to beat Washington. Or Oregon's going to be Oregon State and Washington and win the Pac-12. So it's just a matter of who gets that fourth spot. And I want to say it'd probably be Texas because I think Louisville is going to beat Florida State. Texas over uh, one loss, Georgia, Michigan. Or yes. sorry, Ohio State, Michigan. Yes. Texas over a one loss, Ohio State, or Michigan. I think so. Texas over and they I have a, Florida State. They have an Alabama win. I didn't. I said Florida State's going to lose. Oh, to Louisville. I think I think Louisville's going to be Florida State without the quarterback. I think Louisville's going to be Florida State. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm with you. I think Georgia's in regardless. Um, winner of Ohio State, Michigan's in. Uh, Do you think Georgia's in regardless if Alabama beats them? That's that's where the chaos happens. If Alabama beats Georgia, I don't know what's going to happen. Because how can you keep Alabama out at that point? And how can you keep Georgia out? There's a lot of chaos. There hasn't yeah. been much chaos until now. Uh, but this is, yeah, there are, there are still realistically, what, eight teams? Does Louisville have a shot at this? No. Okay, so there's no. eight teams. There's eight teams that have a shot. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. All sorry, eight of was, those teams. Sorry, I was reading the chat. Go, do go again. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. Eight teams. Yeah. We have two weeks left, realistically, and eight teams that are still in the picture. So Georgia and Alabama, one of them's going to lose. Michigan, Ohio State, one of them's going to lose. Oregon, Washington, one of them's going to lose. So that leaves Florida State and Texas. Right, but there's also a difference between one of those one-loss teams losing. Mm-hmm. Versus one of the zero loss teams losing. Exactly. So what if Alabama beats Georgia, Oregon beats Washington, and then Ohio State beats Michigan, but then Iowa beats Ohio State? Okay, that's not happening. <laughs> um, but everything else is pure chaos and is certainly on the table. <laughs> I'm rooting for chaos at this point. Because that's what, what we've set ourselves up for. What if they just say, fuck it, let's do 12 this year? <laughs> at least eight. Just give us eight. Or six. At this point, at that point, there will probably be six. Because somebody will lose. So once you I get mean, two losses, you're done. But, uh, yeah. At this point, we have two games left, two weeks left. And there are still eight teams that are in play here to make the playoff. Yeah, and I agree. Not with- a clear, there's not really a clear front runner. Um, unless you consider just the unbeaten teams or front runners, which I, I guess they what, would be. With what Hawkeye says here, uh, the Pac-12 winner, it's going to be Oregon or Washington. If Oregon beats Washington, they go because uh, they win the championship, the Pac-12 championship. If Washington beats Oregon, of course they're undefeated. Of course they're going. Um, and then if if Texas wins the Big Twelve, I think they go, and then the winner of the SEC and the winner of the Big Ten. I think that's what it is right now. Which is what I alluded to at the yeah. start of this. No, no one conference should have more than one team in. Yeah. So year. that's where the Alabama Georgia. Yeah. If Alabama beats Georgia, that's where that conversation comes in. Like, who the heck do you take at that point? Yeah. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Uh, all right. Imagine you talk about something else. I mean, I, imagine being Jeff Brom 
your one blemish is a three and nine Pittsburgh team. Mm-hmm. You could be undefeated going into the back or the ACC championship with a quarterback being out. You could be could have been thirteen and zero, but then like, even if Florida State does go undefeated, I take a one loss team over Florida State this year. I think you do. It'll be hard. I mean, I I don't disagree, but I think it'll be hard for them to do that. But yeah, we'll see. I think Florida State stumbles though, so we'll see. They could stumble this week. It's true. Florida, Florida, in Gainesville. Exactly. We'll see. Uh, Baseball. We're officially in free agent season. Um, Let's see. Uh, Your boy Lance Lynn coming back. You excited? As long as he's four or five and not two or three. I mean, it, um, it's good for him because I know he married a girl from Southern Illinois. He's got a house in Marion. Um, so it's good for really? him. I, didn't, yeah. I don't think I knew any of that. Yeah, he married a girl from Benton and they built a house in Marion. Although eh, I don't want to give up too much of their personal life. Um, but yeah, he's got he's got ties to Southern Illinois. So it makes sense for him. I figured it was either retirement or St. Louis or Chicago, one of the Chicago teams for him. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense. I I am mad that they let him go in the first place. I was a big Lance Lynn fan eight years ago or whatever it was when he when he uh, when they didn't re-sign him. Uh, he just he's the epitome of I'm going to throw it as hard as I can, and you're going to try hope you swing and miss. Um, so it's an innings guy. Hopefully, hopefully he can get some consistent innings and he's not the marquee signing of the off season because Cardinals have some needs and one of their top needs is off the board already. So yeah. Yeah. You were holding out hope for, uh, Aaron Nola. I thought he was, I thought he was one of the most likely top targets, but apparently they didn't even get close enough to have a conversation with him. So I guess that was never the case. Sounds like the Phillies gave him all the money he wanted, just spread it out over seven years. I'm not sure anybody else was going to no, give him seven no. years. Seven years for a 30-year-old is yeah, is quite risky. The, yeah, um, I saw he took different. less money to stay in Philly. That's what I saw. It was just spread out longer. Well, I don't know. I guess could be. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Because, um, I mean, the pitching market's not that deep. There's like no. five marquee guys. Yeah, it's like him and Sonny Gray and Shohei, if you want to count Shohei, but he can't even pitch this coming season. Snell. Um, yeah, there aren't many. And then now you got the Yamamoto has been posted, so that window opens tomorrow, 45 days. I don't think a mid-market team is going to put up the cash for him. So, yeah, it's uh, the confidence I have in John Mazalock is less than – Less than one percent. Ah, yeah. So, plenty of free agents still on the board. Plenty of trades still to happen. Um, I mean, the the question for the show here, show hey, the pun, the show, is the Cubs are getting linked to the show quite a bit. Does that make you nervous? Is that getting your hopes up? Um, no, I'm not. It's not getting my hopes up, but it certainly has my attention. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's, 
seems to be the Cardinal or the not the Cardinal Cardinals. The Cubs and the Dodgers clearly seem to be the the two front runners here, from what I understand. Uh, but who knows? It's it's a long off season, and who knows how long uh, Shohei will let this thing go. Um, would love to see him in a Cubs uniform. Uh, could certainly change a lot of things. Um, I'm not going to be heartbroken if it doesn't happen, but if it doesn't happen, you got to make sure you have a backup plan here. I'm not sure what the backup plan is. Um, could be a trade, could be somebody trading. It could be a trade for like a, a Jan or Juan Soto or uh Pete Alonso or something like that. Maybe they go back after Bellinger. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Shohei thing would be wonderful for Chicago for a variety of reasons. Um, he fills the holes that they have. Um, and I'm not getting my hopes up, but it is certainly has my attention. That is, that is absolute fact. Um, it'd be big. Go ahead. Use all your payroll on him. I'm be fine with that. It is a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a lot, lot of, of money. money. Tom Ricketts yeah. already is stingy with the money, so I'd be uh, interested to see who he tries to put around Shohei and you throw out that kind of money to one player. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they that's that's the that is the part that concerns me. It yeah. is. It, admittedly, that is that is the thing is that's going to cost a ton of money um and you just don't know. I I I'm concerned the pitching side. I just yes. don't I don't, I don't think, think he has many innings left. I don't think it's a long-term thing. I, I I don't know if at some point maybe there's a discussion about moving him to the bullpen. I don't know how that works. It, we're changing the game here. Um baseball professionally has been played like this in a long time, so uh how that happens, who knows, but uh yeah, I that to me as a skeptic, um, it's it's the pitching. I just the hitting will the hitting will happen will work. Like that's he'll be able to hit for forever. Um, but it's the pitching that I'm not as sold on long term. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how they handle it if that's indeed what happens. But uh, if they do bring him in, it'll be great. But that can't be it. <laughs> you gotta you gotta have something else there, and that's gonna eat up a lot of your cash. So. What that other move is, I don't know. Um, what the backup plan is, I don't know. But uh have to think that sooner or later we're going to start hearing some things. But, yeah, I love baseball offseason. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, yeah, and it's getting started earlier. Yeah, this is Normally, true. Normally, I mean, the first, we, we had to wait till this calendar year to see the first big signing last year. And I know it's a – Noel is a re-signing. He's not an actual, like – going somewhere else, but, uh, uh, starting earlier. Hopefully we continue that. Yeah. Um, all right. Hall of fame ballot released today. Uh, one of my favorite players of all time is, um, an option. Chase Utley. A nominee. Huh? Chase Utley. No. Jimmy Rollins. Nope. I didn't even look at the ballot. So I, I just heard one station talking about them. So that was my guess. Uh, no, it what is, team? uh, Minnesota Twins. Oh, Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer. Big yeah. Joe Maurer guy. In fact, I I meant to, and I forgot, I meant to go grab my uh, Joe Maurer jersey out of the – it's in a store somewhere in the garage. But, um, but yeah, big Joe Maurer fan. Don't think he gets in. Uh, don't really? Think that, 
not on first ballot for sure. I would wow. love it if he gets in, but I don't think he played long enough. Let me look at his stats. I thought he was a shoe in. I don't know ballot. if he is. I mean, he the back half of his career was just as a singles hitting first baseman. I mean, yeah, he, you know, he had some good seasons. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see him get in there and maybe he does, but um, hmm. I don't think he's a lock. Interesting. I didn't realize he fell off as hard as he did. Yeah. I mean, he was never, he never came into a, he never became a bad player, but had he stuck behind the plate and produced consistently, it was, it's a different story. But I think once the injuries, the concussions took him to first base and he wasn't, I think that, I think that ultimately hurt him. I just don't think that he gets in. I would love to see it that he does. And maybe he does eventually. Um, I don't know how that, how that hurts or helps your, your boy Yachty. Um, But I mean, we've got four more years before we have the Yachty first ballot conversation. I know. Um, But yeah, love Joe Maurer. Um, I don't even know who like the likely people are. Let's see. This is one story. Todd Helton could get in this year. He almost got in last year. Billy Wagner and Andrew Jones are in the mix. Adrian Beltre is probably a first ballot guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I just – I would love to see Joe Maurer get in. I don't know that it happens, but it definitely won't happen on the first ballot. David Wright, Bartolo Colon, Matt Holliday, Jose Batista, Adrian Gonzalez, Jose Reyes, Victor Martinez, James Shields, Brandon Phillips. I don't think any of those are first ballot. Yeah. Again, had Maurer stuck behind the plate for the rest for his whole career and still produce like he did, it's a different story. But I think that move to first base when it happened, I just don't his numbers didn't sustain long enough to to do that. So he had that run from in the mid two thousands that was incredible. MVP award, gold glove, silver sluggers. Like he was the guy. But and he was consistent for his whole career as a just an on base guy, but I don't think that's Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, should we shut it down? We've been on here a little over an hour. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Did we talk about the uh, Big Brother finale? I don't think so. No, we didn't do we a regular did. show last week. Um, um, do you have thoughts? Remember. Jag won. Oh, yeah. Jag dominated. Jag uh, dominated. I thought, I thought Matt was terrible in the final episode or whatever yeah. to the jury. Um, but yeah, Jag dominated. I, I was, will, I will never understand why Cameron was like the house enemy. I, the whole season I was like, why, why, what is, why is everyone out to get this guy? Um, I think he was the best player of the season until Jag's late run. But, uh, I don't think, I think Cameron's social game was his, yeah, was his downfall. And Siri yeah. made a comment about that and Cameron agreed to it. I don't think Cameron had the best social game. Yeah. But I do think as a competitive player and as somebody that was controlling things in the house and Cameron stirred things up, uh, I liked Cameron. And I know obviously a lot of people did because he won America's favorite player. Um, But I don't think he had a particularly great social game. And I think that ultimately hurt him. I I was surprised, honestly, that Jag won. Um, I just figured the jury would be more pro Matt. Um, But ultimately, I'm kind of glad that it happened that way because – I like it when they actually give the – they award the best player. 
and yeah. Jag was far and away the best player in the game yeah. this season. Um, you know, and I'm glad that he took Matt because had it not been for Matt, he wouldn't have been there to begin with. Right. Um, glad that he he stuck to that deal. Um, I don't know if he truly thought that he was going to win in that situation or not. Um, but Bowie Jane was useless. Mm-hmm. Um, despite uh, you know winning a couple comps down the stretch, she did next to nothing. Um. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad Jag won. I'm glad they rewarded the player that played the best game, which he they don't always aggressive. do. His was speech aggressive was aggressive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was he was an aggressive. That was. I didn't particularly love the speeches and the questions yeah. from either standpoint. Matt was not prepared for them. No. Um. Not at all. Matt again. Just, you know, they always do this. They always cast half a house that's familiar with the game and half a house that's not. Matt was not. <laughs> uh, Matt was clearly not familiar with how this game goes. Yeah. Um, and But I Jag was great with his questions and his speeches, but then he got super aggressive, and I didn't love that. But apparently the, the votes were already made up before he gave that speech. So, uh, But, yeah, my audition tape is in the works for next season. So I'll be out of the office for summer of 2024 for a hundred days uh, for a hundred <laughs> days. And uh, yeah, you'll have to do the show solo. I can handle If that. I go, if I go on the show, will you like be a, a live? Will you, will you do this, do this show, but turn it into like a live feed thing? Just like commenting on all the things that I do. I am not watching 24 seven on the live feeds. Mm. No. So you're not gonna no. just like do this and just like I make did it used a Logan to Lee show. Occasionally, I did used to watch it when it was on Pop TV. Yeah, um, I. But in the last four years, I probably haven't watched the live feeds one single time. Yeah, uh, I'll turn them on this, occasionally. I mean, but I just, this season wasn't great. I think we said it from the get go. The casting wasn't great. The personalities didn't didn't click with me. Um, I feel like there wasn't a ton of drama and the drama that they tried to present wasn't actual drama. Yeah. It was overproduced. I think the yeah. season was incredibly overproduced. Yeah. Too many twists and unnecessary BS that whatever the reason was, whether it was to prolong the season, extend the season, whatever, uh, too many advantages, too many disadvantages. Um, I, I don't think they talked about it. They didn't talk about it on the sh- on the show at all um but like the whole thing with matt like he was at such a disadvantage in that show yeah and the way he stuck it out um just incredible but yeah i whatever. thought he was gonna get america's favorite house guest i, I he was, was i did that. too i did too uh, i figured it would be him and Suri would be two of the three i wasn't sure who the third would be i was surprised it was cameron but i haven't followed everything my mom said that um one of the polls out there was very high on cameron so um, that doesn't totally shock me then, but, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's about it. Um, yeah. is your, is your Christmas stuff up yet? Uh, no, mm, that's a shame. I got five trees in my house. What? <laughs> I have to be in like the 99th percentile of, um, trees to square footage. Uh, Five 
We're not prop. We're probably not even putting up one. We don't have room are, for one. There are five. There are five Christmas trees in my house. Yeah, decorated and lit and everything. At least lit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two bedrooms, the office, the dining room, and the living room. One of them is real. That got cut down on Saturday. Four of them are are not real. Are You're there. ridiculous. There's one right here. There's one right here. I am a Christmas person. Uh, my fiance is even more of a Christmas person. So no way. Oh, way, way. Yes, <laughs> way. Oh my! You guys are it's perfect. not. This is admittedly. Perfect this is not all me. <laughs> I, I love it. I I am perfect. not against this it one... at all. But it is not all me. Am I? Oh, I thought this guy was talking about you. I was like, what? Um. <laughs> Am I crazy for remembering that one of them stays up all year? Yeah, we have one in our bedroom that stays up all year. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just a light, basically. Um, but yes, we do have one in our bedroom that stays up year round. Our bedroom kind of has like a, that kind of vibe. Not like Christmas vibe, but like pine tree type of vibe. Yeah. So, okay. but yes, yep, there are, there are five in our house. We might so. put some Christmas decorations up soon, um, just because we are going to be gone for this weekend for two day, three days, and then obviously gone for most of Christmas through the new year. So we wouldn't, won't get to enjoy yeah. the decorations. So, and I get that. I, I, I get we might that put it up we... soon, but we don't put up a ton because we one, we have a small house and two, because we're not really here to enjoy it. Uh, Mark come, asking, you should Logan, come hang out at Christmas time. You can see what South it's Penn. all about. <laughs> I was there close to Christmas. It was like, it was about this time. Maybe yeah, we were in the apartment. It wasn't quite the same thing. There was a tree up. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark asking Logan Gilbert, still a possibility. I thought you were talking about my co-host, Logan Lee. <laughs> and I was like, is that his middle name? Like, what the <laughs> heck? Um, I have not heard Logan Gilbert. I heard, uh, who's, the, who's the Seattle other guy? Um, Kirby. I heard George Kirby at the deadline last year. That didn't happen. The trade names I'm hearing for the Cardinals are the same as everyone. Tyler Glass now. Dylan Cease, and there's one more trade name out there. I can't think of who. Oh, uh, Corbin Burns. Mm-hmm. That's not happening because they're not going to trade him in division. Um, I could see Cease or Glass now. Uh, Glass now has got one year, 25 left on his deal. Cease, I believe, is under team control for 20 through 2026, maybe. Love Dylan Cease. I do, too. And I also saw today that Blue Jays have made Alec Manoa available. I would gladly take a shot on him, and I know they're interested in Dylan Carlson. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind any of those three. But, I mean, I would take Gilbert too, but I don't know that he's available. So, all right, let's shut this down. I got pizza waiting on me. Okay, we're going to shut it down. Uh, This has been No One Asked Us. As always, follow, share, like, subscribe, everything else. If you're watching this later on, thanks for hanging out, getting in the chat. Uh, thank you to those of you in the chat. Yes, what are, what are you saying? I'm trying to get the balloons to pop up again. Oh, here. Because <laughs> the two times off. they popped up, I did that, and they popped up. So uh, I, don't I don't know. know. We'll have to look into why the balloons pop up. I don't know if we do that or somebody else does that. Who knows? Uh, he's Craig. I'm Logan. No one asked us. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we might do a post-game show on Friday, TBD on mm-hmm. that. Uh, but we will plan to have uh, be back here probably a week from today for a weekly show, uh, recapping the weekend um, as we get closer into almost December at that point. So, yeah, let's shut it down. For Craig, I'm Logan. 
We'll see you next time. 35 days till Christmas. Bye.